This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. All right, Logan, let's get to round three. And your guy, Ricky Stromberg, center out of Alabama. Uh, Arkansas. We, Arkansas, sorry. Uh, out of Arkansas, SEC. Very uh, burgundy-esque color. Doesn't have to change the color scheme too much. Uh, what do what do we think about Ricky Stromberg? And and is he your starting center? You know, maybe not going into camp because the you know they probably let Nick Gates potentially do that or, or Tyler Larson, like based off veteran you know hierarchy. But by day three of camp, do are we seeing by week two of camp? Are we seeing Ricky Stromberg as the starting center? Yeah, I really liked Ricky's film. You know, I, I thought he was uh, I, he was almost in that kind of Tipman, uh, Schultz, you know, the kid from um, Minnesota. He was almost in mm-hmm. that tier of guy. Whipler, he was kind of – I had Whipler in that tier, and obviously the NFL didn't agree with me, but um, he was he was very close to that tier. He was definitely like the fourth center, and I thought he was a very good football player, uh, good athlete, big guy, and I think that's something they prioritize is because when I talked to guys at the combine, they were like, oh, you know, we want – big, we like big centers or whatever, so – he fits the mold. Um, I wonder about his, you know, high end athleticism, but I think he's athletic enough to play center. Um, I think he's a smart guy, shows up on film and he's tough and nasty and he's gritty. And I think he's, again, understands angles at a high level. You know, Ron said he thinks he could play guard. I don't necessarily agree with that. You know, he played guard as a freshman. Usually if you're playing guard as a freshman, move to center, it's because there's like a a uh, hip strength issue that prevents you from being from being truly excellent at, at guard. And I think he's got a little bit of that little stiff in the hips um, that prevents him from having that elite kind of guard bend. But I really, um, but I think he's a center. He's a good center. Um, I think it's a little interesting that you have four centers on the roster right now. Um, and, you know, I talking with people on the beat, one of the things they said is that, Hey, you know, they've had a lot of injuries at center and they really value the center position. So me personally, if I'm making a team, I don't value the center quite as much just because I feel like I want a guard to play that. And I want to teach his uh, city kind of snap. I want, you know, one of the, something like that, but he's an excellent football player, fits the mold of the kind of guy they're looking for. And from what I understand has played a ton of football in the SEC. And again, like if you look at the lists, man, playing a lot of football at, against high level of competition with a leadership role, that's something we previewed on our show. And they seem to be following that game plan to a T here. No doubt about it. And, you know, you mentioned the the injury things the last couple of years, like, this is the time of the year where there's 90 guys on the roster when yeah. push comes to shove and they have to narrow it down. And with the new CBA, like, I think it takes like that's this starts this year, you go straight to 53. So you're right. going to have a bunch of guys, which I actually like because right. you have that guy that gets hurt in the third week of, of camp and you're already past the first round of cuts. And all of a sudden you're trying to bring a guy back, but you had to cut him. He signed somewhere else, you know, and, and you've invested an entire spring and a couple weeks of your fall into a guy. 
And it's like, oh crap, well, there, there went our depth. To be able to keep 90 guys until the last possible second, I actually kind of like, and now that day, cut day is going to be brutal. Um, but I, I don't have a problem with them going a little heavier at that position, considering and having a bunch of guys ready, considering the issues they've had the last couple of years. Realistically, though, it's the same conversation about Chase Rouliers we just had about Kendall in terms of the contract. Yeah. Uh, Chase, you add in the fact that, that nobody really knows if he's going to be able to really play. He's barely played the last couple of years, and these injuries have been pretty devastating by all accounts. So, uh, you know, this is this is your guy of the future. If he can overtake Larson, who they played a lot better when he was, Larson was in last year. Like part of the reason the O-line fell apart last year was because they got past Brugier and then past Larson. Right. That's where their issues came in when, uh, what was it, Nick Martin uh, came in and, and just wasn't up to that task. Right. Uh, and a couple other guys I feel like might have even played last year. But if you can get a guy in Schomburg ready um, and he's he's anchoring that that center spot and, you know, you can get him some reps with Sam. They've got the coverage stuff taken care of. Um, that that to me is the biggest question is like you've got a uh, you've got a, a second year quarterback and now a rookie center in a brand new offense to everybody. How do the line calls work? How do they make sure that they have their protection set? Because that was also an issue last year. And part of the reason, you know, like everyone wants to crush Charles Leno because of the Giants game. And it's like, well, they, they had a bunch of bad line calls in that game. Right. And Leno was doing his job, and he was yeah. that that job was, unfortunately, to leave someone unblocked who ultimately sacked a quarterback by running right past him. Um, and so making sure that that stuff is covered is important. And I don't know how EB runs it, whether it's a center or base system or a quarterback-based system. Right. But the fact that both those guys are going to be young is an obvious question mark, but uh, not, not a, it's not a deal-breaker by any means, put it that sure. way. Sure. Yeah. And it, it is a little interesting, you know, to have all those centers stockpiled. And like you mentioned, Chase, his future is probably in question now more than ever. I also think it's interesting that I, because I do think they believe that Nick Gates is more of a center. So, you know, you brought this guy in free agency and you paid him a decent amount of money. So, you know, I think that's also an interesting thing. Um, just, just the dynamic of that group now, because I do think Larson is, is probably more of a center only, you know, and I, again, I'm not, my experience with that position is that it's very rare to carry true centers on the roster. You're always carrying kind of flex guys. And like I said, I have some questions about his ability to flex, like the size is there to flex, but I wonder about, you know, how he is and they'll probably get him some reps and we'll know pretty early on if he can do it. But I just think that's a, it's a very unique situation, but in terms of Ricky, I, I think he's a good football player and um, you know, I'm, I'm happy. He's a commander. Definitely. All right. So let's do kind of the same thing we did at corner. Let's go ahead to the fourth round. Let's talk about Braden Daniels. And then let's kind of shuffle the pieces. Where are we along the offensive line? Uh, what do you make of the Daniels pick? So this one was one of the tougher picks for me uh, in the draft. And again, like I've, I've grown on it since my initial evaluation, but he was one of the first guys that I watched in the draft process. Uh, you know, when I say first, he was probably one of my first 20 guys. And I remember watching him at uh, Utah and you saw some really high level explosion, some really high level athleticism but he was very inconsistent. And I kind of thought the only way that he makes it is if he moves into guard. So when they made this pick, I was like, he's got to play guard or center. You know, he's a tackle convert, much like Sam Cosme will be. And, um, and I thought, man, that is, that is very, very redundant. You know, like you have now all these developmental guards, guys from different positions that have upside, obviously, but definitely aren't quite there yet. And then Ron gave his presser and said that basically Travell Wharton thought he could play tackle uh, with the right kind of um, coaching and kind of cleaning up some of his footwork stuff. 
And I have a lot of respect for Chabelle. He's played a long time. He's a smart guy. Um, he's, and he's, and he's got a good head for football. So I said, well, you know, if Travell thinks that I'm going to go give another look. Cause I'd also talked to a lot of my online buddies around the league and two of them out of the three guys I talked to said, they don't think he can make it unless he's playing center. So obviously not big ringing endorsements for this player. So last night I went back and I was like, I'm just going to grind some tape. And I took about two hours and I watched him exclusively. And what stood out to me is that he has really, really, really top flight athletic qualities. And so when you're looking at tackle specifically, you say, do they have the length or do they have the athleticism? Now, he's not a long player. He's got 33 inch arms. He's 6'4". He's 295 pounds. So not a big, long guy, but his foot speed is tremendous. And he does stuff every couple of plays. You're like, that is elite NFL tackle play. You know, he's doing it in the Pac-12, he's doing it against kind of lesser competition, but he does have these flashes where you're like, that's pretty special. And the footwork and the foot speed, I shouldn't say footwork because that's a different thing, but the foot speed and quickness and the athleticism in his feet is tremendous. So like there's a play, for example, where he's on a backside cutoff on a B block and the linebacker tears out of there and he actually runs the linebacker down, kind of does that Trent William reach around block and he's able to get to his front side and seal it off and let the running back hit it for a 20-yard gain. Like, that is elite, elite athleticism at the position. There's another one where he sets the the three technique because he's expecting a stunt. He gets speed off the edge from the defensive end, and his feet are just magically fast. He's able to get back, block the guy up. Um, he delivers a really good kind of explosive pop from the hips in short area, so he's able to create a lot of movement. But he does, he does miss a lot. You know what I mean? He does – I don't say miss a lot, but, like, He's got to be perfect, and if he's a little bit off, it's a miss. Does that make sense what I'm saying? So I've kind of yeah. come come full circle a little bit. I still have my doubts about the prospect playing tackle, but I do think the athletic footwork, hip dexterity, and just general pop to his body, just general twitch to his body is very, very good. He's played a lot of football, right, kind of fitting in that mold. And uh, if Travell thinks he can get him there, I'm going to trust Travell on that. You know what I mean? So – um, that's kind of my thought on him. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, so where does that then leave the offensive line? Uh, Starting-wise, Leno at left tackle. You have this uh, battle royale at left guard. Uh, Chris Paul, uh, who else in there? Uh, What's his name? Sadiq Charles. Sadiq. Um, Norwell is still technically there, although everyone anticipates he's not going to be there much longer. At center, you have the four guys that we've talked about. Right guard is Cosby, right tackle is Wiley. Do you think that they're now looking in second wave free agency to add someone else, to add another veteran? Like what, or do you, and if not, is that good enough? 
on the offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I would have probably gone someone, you know, position flex is big for them. So I do think Daniels, like we talked about, like I've talked to coaches who thinks he can play center. I think he can play guard. They obviously think he can play tackle. So he does bring some position flex, which they value. At some point, I probably am just going to draft a tackle. You know, like uh, I think Ty Warren is his name from Pittsburgh was on the board. He reminds me a lot of Morgan Moses in the fourth round. I think he can be a starting caliber player. Had an injury the fourth game of this last season at Pittsburgh. And, you know, prior to the injury, looked like he was going to be a, a first round draft pick. And that guy's on the board, and he's a true tackle. You lose some of the position flex, but I I would like to have a guy with that skill set on the roster. Now, you do have Cornelius Lucas, right? He's still on the mm-hmm. roster. He's, he's, an excellent, so, yeah. he's an excellent swing tackle, very, very good, coming in a pinch. But you really only have three guys that can play true tackle. Four guys, if you think Braden Daniels can do it. If Braden Daniels can do it, I think you feel much better about where the offensive line is at. But like I said, I do have some reservation about where he's at and where he needs to go from a consistency standpoint to to kind of establish himself as a guy who can play tackle in the NFL. Because, you know, they do this pretty regularly that, you know, they brought in Sadiq Charles, you know, tackle ends up moving a guard. Chris Paul tackle ends up moving a guard. Right. Sam Cosme tackle ends up moving a guard. And he is very much in that same mold of guy. I will say he's got a little bit shorter of a torso which helps him kind of sit the power rushes off the edge a little bit better. You know, like think about Morgan Moses, Trent Williams, like literally any good tackle, they've got kind of this really tight torso so they can really kind of brace their midsection. He's got that look about him, but again, it's, it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a jump. I think he's physically capable of doing it, but it's a little bit of a jump. And I ultimately, I think he's probably going to settle in the guard and you kind of run into the same problem where you have four centers, you have, you know, Couple 852 guards yeah and that are kind of developmental guys that all have a lot of potential but none of them have actually done it at a high level in the nfl and um but but it, but if Braden can do it if Braden can play tackle then you feel much better about it and again like i just don't know if they value the tackle position the same way that i do and that's perfectly fine but i do think in this era of kind of specialized football you know tackles play tackle guards play guards there's a reason they're built differently, right? Because they have to handle different athletic, you know, trials and tribulations. Um, I think, I think I would look for a, a tackle potentially in the in the third wave of free agency or second wave, whatever it's called. So, yeah, no, I agree, and and I think that you know, obviously, a lot of tackles went over the last couple of days, and that's yeah. going to cause some veteran fallout. And uh, is there a chance to get some more, you know, experience in that room and and to get it at a tackle spot? Potentially, but you also do have two veteran tackles. Now you don't have a lot of depth, but you do have that veteran, you know, know how hopefully a tackle. And the thing that I'll, I'll say about this with Wiley, like, and I know you like him better at guard, um, and maybe he is better at guard. But Eric Bieniemy's coached him, and Eric Bieniemy is the OC, and Eric Bieniemy brought him here. And I, I, you know, we agree on this: the best offseason acquisition the Washington Commanders made was Eric Bieniemy. He's yep. going to make literally everyone better. And if Eric Bieniemy trusts Andrew Wiley at right tackle, uh, fan on Twitter who watched a little bit of tape and read one PFF article, you don't know as much about Andrew Wiley as Eric Bieniemy does. And I say that respectfully, but like neither do I. Neither yeah. does Logan. And you know Logan knows a lot. I I know a little bit, um, and you might too on your couch. But like we don't combined know as much about Andrew Wiley specifically, who's coached him every day for the last couple of years as Eric Bieniemy. So if Bieniemy's like cool to, with him at right tackle, 
I'm just going to kind of default for right now. And if we're wrong about that, by the time October, November rolls around, then, you know, that's, that's Eric the enemy. And, you know, this, at that point, they're probably not having a great season and this staff is not going to be long for their jobs. That's just the reality of this 2023 season with the ownership situation and everything else going on. And I just want to make a point of clarification. Like I do think Wiley can play tackle, especially with yeah. Eric Bieniemy calling plays because Eric Bieniemy knows what he's good at and knows how to insulate him. Like, for example, like Tyler Columbus was here in Washington and had a very productive year in 2012 because Kyle knew how to call games to fit his skill sets, right, and, and, to, and to elevate him. And I do think that, um, that that's what you're going to get a little bit here of. Like, is he a top 10 tackle in the NFL? Probably not. But there are a lot of guys who aren't top 10 tackles in the NFL that are elevated by the play caller and elevated by scheme. He falls in that category, and that's totally fine. And it's the same thing with Leno. Like, I personally think Leno is better. I think he's better than a lot of people think. I think he's like probably a top 15 tackle, which, you know, people probably freak out at. But when you look at him down to down, it's pretty damn good. And so you've got two guys that are solid starting caliber tackles in the NFL that will be elevated by a play caller who knows how to utilize play action, who knows how to utilize the screen game, knows how to develop a cultivated run at rushing attack that insulates the passing game. And I think you're going to be okay. I just, I personally, this is, again, my personal perspective, and I'm entitled to my opinion. I just would like... I would like to have a guy going into camp with with kind of more tackleish traits, which is which again is my perspective, and they obviously don't think that's necessary. So yeah, I, I would love to have a fourth guy. Yeah, right. To say the it's, least. Um, and, they, and they think they think Daniels is that guy. Right. Like I said, totally. There is a world where he is that guy because he does have this tremendous athleticism. Um, I, I think it's I think it's harder for it's harder for me to see the projection to tackle, but it is possible. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. So. The last thing I would add too is I expect the quarterback play to be better this year. Like I know it's Sam Howell and he hasn't, he's had, you know, 16 NFL passes and the whole deal, but between the play calling and the fact that like how much of their offensive line issues last year were because Carson Wentz held on to the football way too damn long. And like and quick, quicker release too. like, yeah, like Sam gets the ball out. Like yep. it's, it's part of who he is. Like, will there be games where there might be a lot of sacks because he's young and confused and the defense throws something at him that, that melts his brain a little bit. Probably, probably he's a second year player. But overall, compared to what Carson did last year, uh, and and even Taylor, like and that was ta- that was a huge problem with Taylor by the end of the year. He's holding the ball way too long, and so right. you know you can't go back and and you know the same people complaining about that. Now I'm getting too lost in the internet, Twitter, and YouTube comments and everything. But like same folks that were complaining about the quarterback play and Scott Turner, when you replace that, like believe it or not, some of the same players that you're now complaining about will be better. Like that's yeah. that's how that works. So absolutely. That's, I totally agree. And so, again, like I, th- I think this is this is okay. I'd like another tackle body, but I think, like you said, the combination of of a quarterback with more with a quicker release, um, a, a coordinator that hopefully knows how to elevate that skill set and elevate the skill set of the offensive line. I think you're going to be. And, and again, the other thing about this offense is, I saw something that I think is is a beautifully articulate way of talking about offense in the NFL. And I think the head coach for Indianapolis said this and basically said everyone runs the same passing concepts. The thing that differentiates offense is protections and how nuanced and um, advanced your protection schemes are. And so if that comes in and if that's executed at a high level, I think you're going to be in a much better spot because we also got to talk about how, you know, Matt Scout, who I like a lot, I have a lot of respect for, was very traditional in his approach to A, run scheme and B, protections. So what does this offense look like when you give these guys some more nuance in that department. Hopefully it elevates them also. So I do think there is a path through coaching and through scheme 
where the whole offense is elevated, and including the offensive line, by enhanced protection and enhanced offensive play calling. Agreed. 